Colossians chapter 4. Colossians chapter 4. We're going to spend a few minutes this morning thinking on this idea about how we live with a God-given purpose. How do we live with a God-given purpose? Of course, if you've been hanging around the last few weeks, we've been working through the book of Colossians, and today we finish that journey through this book of Colossians as we've been thinking about how Jesus is above all, how that he is to have the preeminence in everything that is said and done in our lives. And if we're going to make Jesus above all, that certainly means that we must make his mission, his his purpose ours, that we must seek to follow him in everything that we do, and that will involve living a God-purposeful life, living a life that seeks to fulfill the purposes for which God has created us. Remember that Jesus is first in creation. He went first in salvation. So it's upon us to place him first in priority. And, and Paul ends his letter to the Colossians by giving them a fairly stern challenge that is a challenge to us as well about how we live a life that seeks to fulfill the purposes of God. Let's look at the book of Colossians chapter 4, uh, specifically verses 2 through 6. Colossians chapter 4, verses 2 through 6, Paul says this, "...continue steadfastly in prayer, being watchful in it with thanksgiving. At the same time, pray also for us that God may open to us a door for the Word to declare the mystery of Christ, on account of which I am in prison." that I may make it clear which is how I ought to speak. Walk in wisdom toward outsiders, making the best use of the time. Then he meddles in verse 6. You know how when someone goes from preaching to meddling, that is they're talking about somebody you know needs it, then they talk about what you need. Verse 6, let your speech also be gracious. Let your tweets be gracious. Yet let your Facebook status updates be gracious. Seasoned with salt so that you may know how you ought to answer each person. I want to take that text just very simply and plainly and maybe quickly. Share with you three things that marks the life of a person who lives a life with God's purpose. Okay, three characteristics of the kind of person that Paul says the Colossians should seek to be that if we will uh, adopt, if we will seek to follow that will enable us also to live with God-given purpose. Number one is this, living with God-given purpose involves becoming a person of prayer. Okay, in Paul's challenge, if we want to live with this God-given purpose, that involves becoming a person of prayer. Now, Paul specifically in these few verses tells the Colossians to pray for three things. And I want you to notice what he asked them to pray for, the same things that we should be praying for in our lives today. One, Paul prayed for wisdom in fulfilling his God-given purpose. 
Okay, Paul asked the Colossians that they would pray for him that he would have wisdom in fulfilling his God-given purpose. There was a mystery of Christ that Paul received. Verse 3 talks about that mystery of Christ. That mystery is the gospel, and Paul declared that his desire was to make it clear. Paul desired wisdom to know how to fulfill the specific ministry obligation that God had given to him in relation to the gospel. You see, Paul believed that God had assigned to him a specific task. In chapter 1, it's called a stewardship. And Paul believed that God had given him a specific task that he was to steward if he was going to fulfill the purpose that God had for him. If you read the rest of Paul's writings, you will see that he believed very strongly that it was not just he who received that purpose, but it was every believer. That is, that this morning we need to understand that every follower of Christ is given a specific stewardship in relation to the gospel. Okay, hang with me. Not every part of God's mission is assigned to you. Not every person is called to do every single thing or to go to every single city. However, some part of the mission of God is assigned to you and has your name on it. You, therefore, are responsible. I would even say you have an obligation to fulfill that assignment. There are certain people God has placed in your life for the sole purpose of you sharing the gospel with them. God has given you certain gifts, talents, and resources for the express purpose of using them to accomplish the Great Commission. And like Paul, we need wisdom to identify, to discover these obligations and the courage to fulfill our assignment because we can do many things with our lives, but if we don't live life with a God-given purpose, we're wasting the life God has given to us. So Paul says, pray that I'd have wisdom in fulfilling my God-given purpose, but he also says to pray for new opportunities to declare the gospel. Notice what he says in verse 3, <clears throat> that God may open to us a door for the Word. You know, at this point, when Paul writes Colossians, he's pretty much done everything. He's gone on a few missionary journeys. He's planted several churches. He's been beaten a few times for his testimony. If anyone had a right to say, you know, I fulfilled my obligations. I've served on every committee the First Baptist Church of Jerusalem has. I have taught every class. I even was with RAs and GAs. I've done everything I've done. I'm hanging up the, the boots, or in Paul's case, the sandals. I'm, I'm finished. I'm going to check out. I, I've done all I can do. I've served all I can. I, I, I need a break. If anyone had the right to say that, it's the Apostle Paul. But instead, look at what he's doing. Here he is asking God to open new doors 
for the gospel. Paul was not done. He could not be done. Neither are we done, nor can we be done. Look, I'm not concerned about having the biggest church in the county. I'm not concerned about having the biggest budget in the county. I'm not concerned about having the best looking church staff in this area. I mean, have you seen our staff? It's no contest, right? Just a few of you laughing at that. And the rest of you are like, yep, he's lying. I'm not concerned about those things. In fact, I wouldn't cross this campus to give someone another old dose of worn-out, powerless religion that's full of empty rules and regulations, but, but I'll cross this earth that God created if in so doing the gospel could go forth. That must be our primary aim, is to see the gospel get to every home in our city, in our communities, in our county, our state, our nation, and around the world. Would you pray for God to open new doors for you to share the gospel, just like Paul is praying? Paul is This is what marks a person who prays, is they pray for God to open new doors of opportunities. And then Paul prayed that he would use every opportunity as a gospel opportunity to fulfill his purpose. Remember where Paul is when he writes this letter. He's in prison. And the reason he's in prison is because he has been preaching the gospel. He's in these chains, he said. And even in that circumstance, he viewed that circumstance as something that God could use for the sake of the gospel. And he asked the Colossians to pray with him that he would not waste his chains, that he would not waste those circumstances. What would happen if regardless of our situation, what would happen if we viewed every circumstance as something that God could use to fulfill his purpose in our lives. You see, everything in our life is not easy, but God can use all things in our lives to accomplish the purpose that he has created us for, even those things that are not enjoyable, even those things we would say are bad. I think about the life of Joseph and how God allowed Joseph to go through some terrible experiences, but God didn't use Joseph from those experiences to accomplish his purpose. God may use your sickness God may use your terminal disease to demonstrate to family members, friends, even your doctor, that you have a hope that goes beyond a physical cure. God may use you getting passed over in your job. God may use you missing out on that raise as a testimony to your friends and to your co-workers that your identity is not wrapped up in making a living, but it's made up in being a child of God. Paul was in change, but he was still aware that God could use his circumstances to fulfill his God-given, gospel-driven purpose. What if we saw the same thing? 
Can you see how if you become a person of prayer, praying these things, praying for wisdom to fulfill your mission, praying for new opportunities to declare the gospel, praying that you would use every opportunity as a gospel opportunity, how that would help Jesus be above all. So if we want to live with God-given purpose, it involves us becoming people of prayer. Second thing is this. Living with God-given purpose involves living in wisdom. It involves living in wisdom. Paul said in chapter 4 that he encouraged us to walk in wisdom as we live among those who are outside God's kingdom. Living with wisdom, he said, it involves a couple of things. An awareness of the brief, this is verses 5 and 6, an awareness of the brief time that you have on this earth to accomplish God's purpose and desire for your life, and then using your life, using gracious words that when spoken to others will point them to Jesus. Look, you have, if if your life is going to count If your life is going to be lived with God-given and driven purpose, it has to be lived in wisdom that you get outside of yourself. Have you ever thought yourself to be a wise person? Have you ever thought yourself to make a wise decision? And about a week later, you go, that was the dumbest thing I ever have done. Anybody? Okay, the rest of you are lying through your teeth right now. You'll think back a week now. I said, I should have admitted that to the preacher. All of us have those moments. God never does. We have to follow him. We have to live in his wisdom. Living with this kind of wisdom is is what the psalmist prayed for when he prayed in Psalm 90 and verse 12. So teach us to number our days so that we may get a heart of wisdom. God, teach me to understand how brief life is. God, help me to grasp how short life is so I will live with the right priorities. This is a kind of wisdom that David had, or that he sometimes had, sometimes he didn't. But the Apostle Paul preaches a sermon in the book of Acts, and it's a sermon about David's life. And at the end of that sermon, Paul says this about King David, David, after he had served the purpose of God in his own generation, fell asleep, he died, and was buried, laid with his fathers. May that be said of our lives. He or she fulfilled God's purpose, and then they went to be with Jesus. What a testimony for someone to be able to say that about our lives, that we lived our life for the purpose of God in our generation, and then when we had fulfilled that purpose, God brought us home to live that kind of life means living it with wisdom. Are you seeking this kind of wisdom as you live your life for God's purpose? Have you perceived the brevity of life and how precious these few days are on this earth? Are you working to fulfill God's purpose in this one and only life on this earth that you have? Living a purpose-driven, God-directed, purposeful life involves living with wisdom. Number three is this. Living with God-given purpose involves anticipating the activity of God. It involves anticipating the activity of God. Look at what Paul said where he told them to be watchful in verse 2. 
Continue steadfastly in prayer, being watchful. That word watchful means alert. They were to always be on the lookout for what God wanted to do next. Look, Paul understood that God wasn't done, and he wanted the Colossians to believe that. And may I say this to you this morning, that I, I, my prayer for you and, and my, my encouragement to you is to never, ever, ever put a period where God puts a comma. I want you to let that settle for a second because some of you have given up on God using your life. Some of you don't think that God can redeem your life. Some of you don't think that you have a purpose in life. Never put a period where God has put a comma. Never stop something when God's not finished. God has done some amazing things in your life. God has done some amazing things in the 175-year history of this church, but he is just getting started doing his work in your life. There are new people to reach. There are new strangers to befriend. There are new families to receive ministry. There is brokenness to heal. There are cities and nations to transform. Being watchful, being alert means that you're willing to offer yourself to God and you for what he wants to do in your life today. Are you seeking ways to fulfill the purpose God has planned for your life? Are you anticipating the activity of God? So I want to come back to this simple question as we wrap it up. Are you living with God-given purpose? God has specifically called you for a specific role, a specific assignment in his kingdom agenda to make his name and his fame known. There are people that God has purposed for you to cross paths with them for the express purpose of showing Jesus to them and sharing Jesus with them. Are you living with God-given purpose? If you would say this morning that you're not, here's my follow-up question. Why not start? <laughs> if you're not living with God-given purpose, why not start today? Why not today? Why not right here? Why not right now adopt a posture of prayer beginning today? Praying for the wisdom of God to fulfill your God-given purpose. Praying for opportunities to declare the gospel around you. Asking God to help you utilize every opportunity for that purpose. Why don't you start today to begin to walk in wisdom? Today, start to develop an awareness of how brief this one life is. And devote yourself to living it in such a way that, that when this brief life is over, it can be said about you that you served God's purpose in your generation. Why not today commit to staying alert and watchful? Why don't you start looking for ways that God is opening doors for you to be his hands and his feet? to accomplish his purpose. 
You see, living with God's given purpose ultimately begins when you experience God's purpose in sending His Son for you. We see when the time was fully right, the book of Galatians tells us, God sent His Son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those who were under the law. God's purpose is to see every person come to faith in Him. If you don't have a relationship with Jesus today, that's the purpose that He wants you to experience today. I want to ask you to look at your life and to answer and ask and answer that question. Am I living with God-given purpose? And if not, why don't I start today? Do you have a relationship with Jesus? What is your next step? Whatever next step that is, we would love to come alongside you and help you take that next step. After this service, I'll be at the next step desk right outside these doors to the right. Whatever next step you need to take, Come by and share that with me. You can take those yellow cards that are in your pew, and it's got some steps that you can take. And whatever step you need to take, indicate that step that you're ready to take to fulfill your God-given purpose, and we'll seek to come alongside of you and to help you do what God has called you to do. Only one life that we have to live, and it will soon be passed. Only what is done for Christ will last. As Colossians has taught us, you can build your life upon yourself, but yourself's going to crumble and fall. Only two things are going to last in eternity. God, His Word, His people. God's Word and God's people. It makes sense to invest your life in those things today. To make His kingdom agenda yours. In just a second, I'm going to, to pray as we come to a time of commitment. And then after that, we'll make a couple announcements. And then we'll have a benediction to close us out. But we do want you to know that whatever step you need to take today, today is the day that God's offering His invitation. We're not guaranteed tomorrow. We're not guaranteed to make it out this room this morning. We are only guaranteed this moment with God. Whatever He's calling you to do, we want you to make that decision today. Father, I'm thankful that you had a purpose in sending Jesus to this earth. That purpose was to redeem us from our sin. And Father, I pray if there's anyone in this room today that does not have that relationship, if there's anyone who's watching us online that does not have that relationship, that today would be the day that they realize that their life can have purpose and meaning, eternal purpose, eternal significance that's found in you. Whatever step we need to take, help us to take it. In the good name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Listen.